DK from Almost Inevitable Design and this is the $2.4 million podcast where we talk about web design, web development, and WordPress. Uh, just a heads up, I might be using a little bit of profanity at times, which is why I clicked on the explicit tag and that's what you see. Alright, so uh, let's get into this. Uh, I hope you guys have been okay. I certainly have been busy, but uh, what I do is I actually set aside one hour of my time a day. Uh, in the evening just so I can work on my personal projects and I have a lot of personal projects um, just you know almostinevitable.com is one of those uh, I constantly come up with new ideas for tutorials uh, I do have a lot of tutorials in the draft stage but uh, and a lot of them um, I don't know uh, helpful articles yeah helpful articles and all that kind of stuff in develop, uh, draft stage but I uh, haven't gotten around to actually publishing them yet and all that kind of stuff I have a lot of stuff and I also have a lot of other projects that I'm planning um, and sooner soon hopefully <laughs> soon you'll get to see some of them and this podcast is one of them so that's why uh, today I am recording this okay so episode 003 I should stop saying double. But anyways, episode three, smell, <laughs> this title is, it's a little strong. It's not, it, it, I'll explain this in a minute, okay? Episode three, smells like a freak show. Of course you saw the title when you clicked on this, right? All right, smells like a freak show. Now that song is a song from Avatar. It's one of my, one of, one of, one of my favorite rock, heavy metal bands. It's, they're, they're very good. They're very good. I, I really like them. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I think um, Avatar is, oh uh, yeah, they're they're a Swedish band. Just to just to explain, they're a Swedish band, and um, they are pretty good. Smells like a Freak Show is a really cool song. I don't, well, I don't know what the album this is. Oh, Black Waltz. That's right. I was looking up. Yeah. So uh, look up their album Black Waltz, and it, there's a song called Smells Like a Freak Show. The video is a little too strong, I think. It's, it's very strong. It's a very strong, some might say disturbing, but you don't need to watch the video. It doesn't matter. Anyways, it's a Swedish heavy metal band. What more can you say? They're pretty good. And um, they're a little different. They're not just like death metal stuff. They're, they're actually, they actually have really unique rhythms and, and sounds. So anyways, anyways, I really like Avatar. Avatar, the heavy metal band. And they're really cool. So anyway, it smells like a freak show. What am I talking about today? How am I going to go into our topic with smells like a freak show? All right. So um, you know how this podcast is going to be, well, is focused on, I hope, is going to be about not only just um, web development and web design and just graphic design and the design industry in general, but also I hope that this sort of helps a lot of um, beginners or people who are just starting, same thing, people who are starting off, starting off beginners, uh, intermediate people, freelancers, and you know, even if, even if you are experienced in what you do, you might not know enough about how to maybe um, <clears throat> maintain your own uh, freelance business or keep it going or you know, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of things we can cover uh, concerning uh, the design industry and I don't, I know that I don't know all about it. That's why we I might have 
guests who can help me with that and all that stuff, but this is what I'm going to talk about and this is why uh, this podcast uh, is, is here. It, this, that's why I exist. I want to talk about this and want to maybe help some people, at least give some of my insight and experience and all that. So the reason why I mention all this is because I want, I took a sip of water, sorry. Um, I think without knowing how agencies work, a lot of freelancers uh, are lost. And I, I don't know. Um, some people like, uh, uh, it's this thing, uh, this, you know, like I don't want to crap on people's methods and stuff, but some thing is, ah, fuck. All right, all right let's all right. Let's get let's get into that. Let's get into this honestly. So a lot of um, I've seen a lot of freelancers who've just done freelancing, and not know how I don't know the rest of the industry actually works, and they make their own rules, and they're like artists. I keep saying artists because artists can be artists. They can express themselves any way they want. It's not a business. It's not a, a, a specific, uh, you know, discipline. It's, it's a, it's a totally separate thing, art, right? So anyways, um, a lot of people, if a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people give really, really, really bad, stupid as shit advice just because it's worked for them. Now, yeah, good for you. Good for you that it's worked, but a lot of the advice that I've seen on a lot of, not just tutorials, blogs, uh, and online, people's comments, I've see, I see so many bad advice. Now, I don't fight with every one of them, and I don't have to, and of course, yeah, fine, you can do whatever the hell you want, right? That's fine, but um, if this helps anyone, that'll be great. I'm just going to go th over the basic structure of the web design process, okay? Now, hopefully this helps. And the reason why it's called Smells Like a Freak Show is because without this important process, it'll become a freak show. <laughs> Does that make sense? That should make sense. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying y'all are freak shows or what. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if done wrong, it becomes a fucking mess and it's gonna smell like a freak show. <laughs> so just so you don't crash and burn, just so you won't, it, problems problems don't happen, or they will happen, but they'll happen a lot less, and you'll, it'll, it'll, the world will, will be a lot nicer to you if you at least follow standard practices that large agencies all adhere to, and there's a reason why this works, okay? Because um, a lot of people are crappy, and the world is, you know, it's not it's not art; it's a business. So it's yeah. All right. So in this episode, I'm just gonna go over the main important steps, and later on down the road, because the next episode I've actually planned for another episode on pricing, episode four on pricing. So after that, uh, I actually have another one that, that I've planned on how to hire good designers. I'll talk about that maybe some other day. So after that, I'll go over some of these steps in more detail, all right? So just stay tuned 
I'm sure you are. If you're if you're listening to this, you might as well subscribe and stay tuned, right? So, uh, yeah. What was that? Yeah. So um, I'm just gonna go over the steps and cover them briefly, brief probably enough for you to get a good idea of how this is done, and then uh, we can go on to um, more details later on. Okay. All right. So here's here's how it goes. All right. I, I wrote all this down. So I have one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine steps. That's a good, nice, good number. It's a it's three squared, but two of them are the same. I'll explain why. So step number one, briefing. Get the brief. Step number two, give out a quote. Step number three, make sure you got the deposit. Step number four, provide them, a, give them a proof. Step number five, get approval. Step number six, Build the damn thing. Step number seven, get approval. Step number eight, they pay the balance. Step number nine, migrate it and you're done. Cool? Let's do that again. You start with a brief, all right? I'm, 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 going, through the, I'm going through the things uh, in, in slightly more detail now because all I did was just, um, I didn't put numbers here. Yeah, I just put a, an unordered list, a UL. Does that make sense of what a UL is? UL is an, un Oops, shit. an unordered list on uh, an HTML. Yay! All right, so anyways, uh, <clears throat> start with number one. Uh, step number one, brief, getting the brief from the client. Now this part, you're not you're not paid yet, all right? A client walks in through the door, a client he then sends you an email, says like, hey, I like your, like your website, maybe you can do mine, all right? All that kind of stuff. Why is this important? Because you gotta talk about the stuff that you're getting into. You got you need to know what you're getting into before you even give out a quote or before you get paid. Alright? Because you can't quote anything without knowing what you're getting into. Alright? Yeah, cool. So you need to get a brief. Now during I can we can talk about the briefing process for hours because there's so many things you need to think about, so many questions you can ask. Um, it, it gets better the more you work, the more experience you have. And I will be talking a little bit about this when we talk about briefing uh, in more detail. But um, you need to get a very, 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 very specific, a very good idea of what you're going to be doing. All right. And that will come through talking to the client, maybe an hour, maybe two. Okay. Uh, and then you quote, you give them a quote. Now during the quoting process, I, like I said, I'm, I'll be talking all about this in more detail, but during the quoting process, things you, could, you might be able to do is not only just outline um, how much you're gonna get paid, and also outline the um, scope of work that you're gonna be providing, and sometimes you might give them, um, uh, a, what is it, a site map, or you know, a, a lot of things. There's, there's a lot of things you can provide and the quote will have the pricing and might also, uh, yeah, well, there's also a client engagement process, but that comes with the deposit. So we'll just, yeah. Anyways, so you provide the quote, they say, what the hell? Like, wh why are you so expensive? So you gotta explain that shit. And then <laughs> they're like, yeah, you know what? Like if you quote something and they're like, just, yeah, all right. In just one go, it just feels like, did I quote too low? You know, like I, I should have quoted this much. You know, that happens anyways. So you quote, and then um, stage number, step number three, they should pay the deposit. Now this varies, I mean not V-E-R-Y, but V-A-R-Y, 
this it, this differs between uh, whoever you are, I guess, whatever, but most agencies go with 50% upfront. That's a deposit, all right? So you get a deposit because you don't, you're not supposed to start any work before you get paid. Seriously, don't start work before you get paid. That's one of the very few, that's one of the few things that a lot of beginners make the mistake of. It only takes one client to fuck you over and then you never do that shit again. There are a few things that, that are like that. Um, getting the balance before you do migration, that, 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 it only takes one client, one client fucks you over, you're never doing that shit again. Same thing with a deposit, do some work without a deposit, might get fucked over, yeah, there you go. One client fucking you over, you're done, you're not doing that shit ever again. So yeah, uh, get the deposit. And another thing is, uh, don't spend it all. <laughs> That comes from that comes from real life experience. <laughs> Don't spend it all as soon as you get it. <laughs> Hold on to it for a while. Hold on to it for a while. Um, anyways, uh, un yeah, un until you've done at least some work. Anyways, so uh, get the deposit right, and then uh, you need to provide a proof. Now, why is the proof ex important? It's very important. We can talk about that later. But you're going to provide a visual representation of what they're going to be getting from the brief from what you could gather from the brief. You need that as extra cautionary step to not only ensure that you are both, you and the client are both on the same page, it also um, is standard practice. And uh, the reason we can talk about this a lot, I know a lot of um, freelancers skip this process and I think that is very wrong. Uh, if you want to, uh, operate like an agency and actually, I don't know, I can, I can go very, some people might be offended by this, but yeah, it, doesn't, it actually doesn't matter because it's wrong. You can ask any, any fucking proper agency, any agency out there, um, and they'll, they'll tell you that you need to proof. Any graphic design agency who does web, just ask them, any web design agency, ask them, they're going to provide a proof. If they don't, most of the times, it's just because they haven't had any professional training and they just started doing the, doing shit on their own. Anyways, you're going to provide a proof. Usually, it's a static proof. Sometimes, you can get a dynamic proof. doesn't really matter. It's a proof. Uh, client gets a proof of concept. Also called a mock-up. Also called... Um, what is it? Not, a, not just a mock-up, but what else is there? Anyways, proof, mock-up, whatever, right? So they get that and they approve. That's step number five. Of course, you're going to have maybe a couple back and forths, but that's, once that's all approved, you go into the building stage. Now, in the building stage, uh, there are a few mini steps in there. I build on local, and then I migrate that to a preview site, and then the client can check. You can build it directly on a preview site because the proof has been done, right? You can build directly on a preview site and then show them, I prefer to do it on local first because I use uh, uh, SAS and to do SAS, it's it's quicker to, to compile it rather than um, other methods, right? So yeah, uh, build it, right? You build it, you put it up on a link, usually like something like, um, what is it? Uh, a subdomain, you like subdomain, like uh, almostinevitable.com 
For example, I don't use this domain as my development domain. I use other domains as my development domain. Um, but yeah, for example, it would be something like, let's say, uh, client number one dot almost inevitable dot com. It's a subdomain. So um, it won't be on their live site. Don't ever build on the client site. That is the stupidest, stupidest thing you can do. You have no power if they decide to pull the plug or if they decide not to pay you. You are totally fucked over. It only takes one bad client for you to learn your lesson. And if, you, if you're listening to this and if you were building on a life site for the client and you thought, oh shit, just get out of it as quietly as you can, as, as smoothly as you can and never do that shit again. All right, so yeah. Uh, build it on your own website, uh, on your subdomain somewhere, and once they check, they can click around. You can, of course, explain why some parts, maybe like links might not work. Maybe sometimes um, auto sliders are not activated. I don't like it when sliders or carousels are activated when I am developing, which is why I turn that shit off, and I tell them it's off because it annoys the fuck out of me, and you should be ashamed for asking for that, but we'll talk about that later. Still, when it's in my hands, I don't do that shit. So I tell them, <laughs> I don't say it like that. I tell them uh, auto auto scrolling is off because um, it's it's in development and I it's it's too distracting when I'm developing. Anyways, and um, once that's approved, they will they might go through a round of um, edits, but then it's all approved in step seven, and then step eight they pay the balance, pay the remaining 50%. Once you get that money, you migrate it over to their live site. What if a client asks, like I said, I'm gonna go through this all in more detail later on, but what if a client says that they're not paying you until they see it on their website? Well, fuck them, you can delete that shit because you've already gotten paid 50% and you're not handing over anything until they pay. Seriously, think about this. The website that you built has no value to yourself. Thought about that? That website is built specifically with the client's content for that client. That has no use for you. Yeah? So that that's that's one thing that I say to the client. Like they're like, how do I trust you after I pay you? Like, fuck you. Like, do you think I'm gonna hold on to that? Website? What am I going to do with your fucking website, with your content? I don't need your fucking face on my subdomain, right? So it really is of no value to you, to the developer. It really is no value. So that's one thing that I always say. I tell them, like, it's really not important for me. Once you pay, I'm going to migrate it over and you're not, you're not getting access. They do not even get access to the admin section because if I had access to any website's admin section as an admin, I can take that website in five minutes flat. I can steal it. So let's not do that, all right? So you, you don't, don't allow them in either. It's, it's, it should not be allowed. And I've had, I've talked to, and like I said, I'm gonna go into this more detail later on because I can, I have so many horror stories, not horror stories, well, you're dealing with an asshole. I'm not sure if that's a horror story. That's a, I don't know. So anyways, I've got a lot of stories about that. And like I said, it only takes one. Uh, so yeah. Uh, then they, yeah, they pay off the balance. Then you migrate it onto their website and you're done. So they get their spanking 
new website and they should be happy that they have a new website now. Yay! Now, after that, of course, you might think about uh, maintenance. Yeah, of course, sure, why not? Put them on a maintenance package, on whatever package. Um, we can talk more about that, but I personally, just because we're going through a summarization of everything, I personally don't um, enjoy hosting the client's websites or uh, um, you know, taking care and being liable, uh, being re responsible for uh, the website at all times and being, you know, I, I, yeah, like if they pay me money regularly for that, uh, yeah, why not, of course, but I don't like hosting other people's websites. I just leave that on their, under their own name. I don't like it because I don't like people who do that because I've seen so many salty people being an asshole about hosting when their client wants to move away from their hosting and I think that's really bad form and I just don't want to have any reasons to be like that you know so I just don't like that if they want if if they want me to maintain their website I actually have them have their own account on a, in a hosting I'll set it up put it in there and they can have that under their name even the domains should be under their name I've seen people register a client's website under client's domain under their own name so you have to ask them for your domain what kind of fucking shit is that that's crazy and what kind of so that's those fucking scammers oh, if, if you do that you're a fucking scammer seriously you can write a reply on my website and I'll say you are a bad person I'll delete that shit seriously don't why would you you're just because people I've it's it's holding their website hostage and that's a very asshole move with somebody else's assets that they've paid for that you've gotten paid for in full that you're still holding on to trying to have some kind of leverage over I think that's an asshole move and if that's your standard practice you can fuck off seriously I don't I don't like you I don't like your practices I've dealt with people like you still don't like you all right even if you're a good friend that shit is bad all right anyways so that's how I'm <laughs> I get angry when I talk about that because I've dealt with lots of assholes oh uh, yeah you get this this whole world this whole web development web design world there's so many scammers and charlatans and assholes and amateurs acting like they're not and assholes acting like they're assholes and dickheads and everything everywhere that I just don't want to be one of those and um, if they have a kind of behavior that I see often I try to not ever do that yeah anyways so um, if I called you out on whatever bad, bad practice you've been doing uh, yeah you can justify it saying like oh the client has no idea yes no shit it doesn't have to be under your name though it can be under their name at least it's under their name and their email so they own it as opposed to you buying it for them what kind of stupid sh shit is that that's some scammy shit anyways let's get more into that later because I have a lot of shit to say about that anyways so <laughs> I do alright um, let's see so let's just go over, let's summarize uh, what we just talked about so you get the briefing process I might have to edit that shit because I, I, get, I, get, I get worked up when I think about scammers in the industry because it gives everybody a bad name. Um, yeah, anyways, um, let's, go over the, let's go over the steps. That's why we have an explicit tag. Yeah, 
and I'm using that explicit tag. Alright, so uh, the nine step, I don't know if it's nine step, I think it's nine steps. I, nine has a better ring to it than eight or, you know, seven and a half. So nine step, get the brief, get the quote, get the deposit, well, get the brief, provide the quote, get the deposit, provide the proof, get approval, provide the build, and get approval, get the balance, and provide migration. Does that make sense? That should help. I'll put this, I'll put this list um, on the post. Of course, if you want this post, if you want to see this post, uh, we, we will, I will have links later on. So if you want the post and see the links, uh, go to almostinevitable.com and then the top navigation, you'll see podcast. And this is episode three, Smells Like a Freak Show, which is an Avatar song off their album, Black Waltz. It's a very cool song. All right. Might be a little strong for you uh, because we started off with what Soundgarden and oh yeah Blind app yeah this is all the same I I have a pretty it's a yeah it's probably about the same level of uh, rock or metalness that's a word now rockness <laughs> all right so let's um, I'm gonna pause for a few seconds and play some music and oh yeah by the way. I keep playing the same songs, which is a uh, which is a song that I got off of um, Envato Elements, and I just PayPal just told me that it paid for another year, so I guess I'm using that shit for another year. Uh, yeah, I just found that <clears throat> song on um, Envato Elements. Probably, I'm thinking maybe I can sw swap out the songs every five episodes or whatever, or, or ten episodes, because I I'm not attached to any song. It doesn't really matter. So yeah, I would have actually used the song. Smells like a freak show, but I can't because of copyright. So I'm just going to play this song. All right. So jingle. Okay. Now we are back. So in this episode, I have some news and of course resources because that's how this whole thing works. So in this news, um, it's not actually, okay, one, I'm going to start with one actual news. Start with this news. It's, um, it's sort of recent news, but the actual announcement uh, has been around for since May, uh, but the real announcement happened a few days ago, uh, but then uh, it's going to kick in in September. So this is really cracking news. Breaking news, crack, crack it, yeah. So, all right, so this, I found uh, a link and I followed that link and I ended up in androidpolice.com. Holy shit, Android Police. I would not have ever found my way to Android Police because I don't use Android and I am not keeping up with Android news. Nor have I caught, have I committed any Android crimes. Yeah. So, yeah. What is Android Police supposed to? I don't know. Anyways, so this link, this uh, article has been making the rounds. I'm pretty sure they get a lot of um, hits on this article. It the it's titled "Nobody Liked That." YouTube kills exact public subscriber count. Alright, so, um, remember how we talked about, I don't know if we talked, we didn't talk about it. Uh, I just talked about Instagram for Facebook, from Facebook. 
but I never we never talked about how Instagram is hiding their like numbers and stuff for for some air quote influencers. Yeah. So influencers. <laughs> yeah. Um anyways, uh so what is it? Yeah, they they're they're trying to hide that and those in influencers. I can't not say the word influencers without doing the air quote thing with my fingers. It's so fucking annoying <laughs> saying that shit, but that's what they're called. So good on them. They made a very they made a very very modern style business. Very interesting. Anyways, so um influencers uh got upset because uh people well, because Instagram it is gonna slowly phase out the like numbers and or at least make it less prominent and all that, um, but but I, I, it doesn't really matter, does it? I don't. Does it? I don't know, because the way that that works is that we we don't need to talk about influencers right now, but uh, the, because it's connected to this, because yeah. You know, anyways, so. They get, they put, they, 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 what, endorse a sponsor, not, they, not endorse, that's not endorsing, they, 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 um, put up content about a sponsor, you know, and, and people like it, and that either pushes a brand or, uh, promotes a product, and then people will, what, go buy the product? I don't know. Yeah, anyways. Um... So what happened? What's happening here on YouTube is that YouTube is going to take bring down the number of effective numbers in the subscriber count. So let's say you had like I'm just reading off of the the page here. Let's say you had twelve million three hundred forty five thousand six hundred seventy eight subscribers. That will show as twelve point three million. So the first three numbers, the first three numbers are the um, uh, effective numbers. 12.3 times 10 to the 6th. It should actually be 1.23 times 10 to the 7th if it's scientific, but we're just going with millions and thousands for Ks. So 12.3 million, right? So that's how that's going to work. And um, it won't show the exact number. And Google is arguing that the way that the reason why they're doing this is because the, they think it also addresses not only does it reduce the size of the subscribe button and makes it look neater um, it they also want to address and this is a direct quote I guess from on, on the on the article creator concerns about stress and well-being specifically around tracking public subscriber counts in real time alright now I have a YouTube channel that I don't give a shit about. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I use that. I use that YouTube channel as uh, a, a video hosting platform, and that's it. I really don't care. I it yeah. It's got some subscribers. I don't know how many, but people subscribe because I put up uh, uh, Divi tutorials on on YouTube. I don't even package it well. I don't promote it. I don't do anything. I even have like the other videos that I made, like like typography, uh, experimental stuff that I've done and lyric videos and stuff 
just for fun. I've been doing that with my with my one uh, Google account, and I just put it up there. Now I just put up all my Divi stuff there, and that's it. I just don't do anything on it, so I don't care. I really don't care. I I answer people's comments, but I just really don't care. Uh, <laughs> I should maybe maybe, but I just don't care. Anyways. I suppose people who do care, like my friend, some, like I have some friends who really do care about their YouTube accounts and stuff, and they actually make a few dollars on advertisements and stuff. And I don't care about that either because I put up ad block on everything, and I don't care if I, I don't even run ads or you know anything. I even when I was allowed to run ads on some channels, I didn't run any ads because I didn't care about that. You know, like everybody else. Yeah, so I should I should be a little more conscious about that. But I have ad block on everything and even my phone, even my phone has ad block. So um and I use Brave browser on my phone and Firefox on my phone and my uh iPad, so I don't even use a YouTube app. Did you know that? If you don't use a YouTube app and if you use like Brave the Brave browser or if you have um the Safari browser with ad block apps installed you don't have to watch any YouTube ads. What did you know? And I heard from, uh, I heard, I read it on somewhere on Reddit. You read it on Reddit. I read it, that's why it's called Reddit. I read on Reddit that um, it doesn't really matter even if you use Adblock because YouTube still counts that or something or and people get paid or whatever. So that's really bad for sponsors, but oh well. Anyways, uh, yeah, so if you have a lot of subscribers and people really care about that, that's what it, that's what causes stress for some content creators. I don't know. That's what they're saying. You know, like I guess some people got really stressed from seeing their count, their subscriber numbers go down like one or two, and then go up one or two. So I guess that that's like important to them. I don't know, but. That's what YouTube is saying, and they're gonna truncate the the numbers, so you'll see the th first three effective numbers, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and so YouTube YouTubers and fans alike argue that while the numbers may look prettier, this will neither help with anxiety, anxiety, nor with transparency. Creators will still be able to see their exact subscriber count in their studio interface. And becoming a fan will feel less personal because your individual subscription won't visibly raise a publicly available number anymore. Who gives a shit? Who cares if you click on subscribe and that, that one last digit changes? Who cares? Do you care? I don't care. I don't give a shit. So <laughs> I subscribe if I see a good channel. I don't subscribe if that channel sucks. And if that channel is going crazy, I unsubscribe. So... I don't care, but I guess apparently some people do, and if they do, I don't. I can't say much about it. I just don't agree, but they can care about that. So yeah, go go yeah. But yeah, that's what's going on with YouTube. So if you see any changes in September, and they say it's going to happen in September, um, uh, it's going to go up. It's going to it's going to change like that. Um, and and there's a. <laughs> This, this is the funny part. YouTube's closing words on the update downvoted more than 1,000 times already. <laughs> they, 
they, they've been downvoted a thousand times already. Well, then go find a different video hosting channel. Yeah, maybe start a different, go to somewhere else like Daily Motion or, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're on their website, their rules. Oh, well, whatever. It's not a bad change, but whatever. Anyways, they say, we. while we know not everyone will agree with up, this update, we hope it's a positive step for the community, both those viewing and creating content. I don't give a shit. I think it's positive. Oh, who cares? Who wants to see all those numbers at the end? So I think that's fine. But that's uh, that's a good tidbit to tell people if you're talking to uh, content creators um, or their channels and stuff like that, you can tell them, hey, did you, did you even know that in September they're doing this? You know, stuff like that. All right. So AndroidPolice.com. Cool. All right. The next one, the next news article uh, is actually an opinion piece, but it's been published only a few weeks ago, so I'm just covering this. Uh, it's it talks it talks in detail about recaptchas and how recaptures, and this is the title, verbatim, why recaptcha is actually an act of human torture. Now, I, for one, hate uh, uh, captchas. And I also hate autoplay videos. And on TNW, the nextweb.com, on TNW, there's, I see the title, and I see the featured image, and I scroll down, and I see a video from YouTube that starts autoplaying. So, fuck that. Fuck you. Stop autoplaying. I don't want that shit. Fuck you. I paused it. At least, you know, it does. it's not making a sound. But anyways, yeah, shut up. If I want to watch that video, I'll watch that video. Anyways, so uh, there's a whole thing about how reCAPTCHA works and how it, made, it was made to work. reCAPTCHA was also um, part of helping machine learning, I guess, or uh, OCR, optical character recognition. It helps something like that. So, you know, when you scan a document and it'll... Uh, tell you what it said. It'll, it'll actually type it out. Um, we we were helping them by reading books for the robots, but then that changed, and then now we're like select all images with bridges, and you're supposed to click on a bunch of images, and then you see this picture where it's like select the images with a traffic light in them, and then the lines just on that traffic light, and you don't know whether you should click on that or not. But it takes up so much time, and it's so annoying, and Sometimes when, when these websites, and I agree with the guy who wrote this, when these websites enforce that and they make it a big deal, I just don't deal with that shit. Now, here's another thing. A lot of people, I've seen a lot of people talk about captures, right? And I've, I've had a lot of people, a lot of IT people uh, get very cranky about not having a captcha on the contact forms and about spam and all that shit. Yeah, right, that happens. So that's why I put a honeypot in everything. I put a lot of honeypots everywhere um, just to make sure that it's um, done, uh, that we at least can filter out the bots. Uh, if, if it's a human doing it, those spam, that spam is not gonna get filtered out even if you have a CAPTCHA, so whatever, right? If it's a bot, hopefully the honeypots can capture that and, and filter it out. Um, but captures are ugly. I think they're ugly. They take up time. 
they can cause problems and it, I just I just fucking hate that. So if I see that shit on a website and unless it's something that's very important, I just don't deal with that shit. So some people might say it filters out spam, but I also say it causes friction in um, user experience. So I hate that. I fucking hate that shit. But anyways, this is a very um, fun article to read <laughs> because I hate captives. Uh, and you can maybe read it. I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. So um, I'll play another musical jingle and we will go into resources. And in this case, I got some really cool resources for y'all. Okay, so let's go into resources and I will stop talking for a few seconds. Okay, welcome back. Now, in resources, uh, I have three links that I have uh, that I found for y'all. Um, one is the variable font. All right, now you know how fonts work, right? Font is you know what a font you know the difference between fonts and typefaces. Ooh, yeah. Well, uh, that's not important right now. So, a font is a file that displays a typeface. Okay, and you can have uh, multiple uh, weights of a typeface in multiple fonts, right? So, in on this page, I'll have the link. It's on speckyboy.com. Speckyboy has a lot of really cool developer stuff, so I like Speckyboy. Um, and it shows a lot of really cool things that you can do with uh, fonts. And because now, you know, web fonts are you can get a lot of really good, minute control over web fonts and everything. The one guy actually came up with, you know, like you can do this, for example, think about this. You can have a little um, element on the screen that says A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, K, L, M, M, E, A, right? And make, make it do that really quickly. How about if you actually do that with a, make it into a font while making images like SVGs. So this guy actually make a galloping horse out of a font. That's so cool. A galloping horse out of a font. And it's very, very smooth because all you need to do is load that font and make it gallop because you're going through the glyphs. That's so cool, right? Yeah, it is, I think it is. Uh, another cool thing is um, if you change the font weight, now some fonts have a lot of weights, which is good. And if you change that in a very nice uh, fluid way of between letters, then you can actually make the font feel like it's, I don't know. And in this case, they use the examples saying breathing. So that's, that's a very nice way of putting it. You see the word breathe. It's very cool. And I actually think this might be a really cool idea for a very cool hero section. And I cracked my knuckles, sorry. Uh, I think that would be a very cool uh, hero section if you're willing to load all the funds. That's very cool. Anyways, there's a lot of really cool things you can try. You can just run the pen. There's a lot of code pens here. Just run it and it's very, very cool. So have a play at that. I think it's um, really nice. So uh, yeah. 
cool resource. And of course, because it's a code pen, that means you can check the code for it. And um, you can fork it and edit it and play around with it, with your own stuff. So it's a very, very cool uh, page. They found a lot of really cool things. There are some brilliant people out there. Yeah. Anyways, so let's go on to the next resource. This resource is uh, Daily Dev Links. Daily Development Links, I guess. And this one is a very, very minimalistic text page. It has some CSS style guides. And I think it's really cool because I write a lot of CSS. I write mostly SCSS or commonly called SAS. The syntax is slightly different, but they're just interchangeable and people just say SAS because it's easier to say than SCSS. But I write SCSS and uh, they have a SAS guideline, they have CSS guidelines, they have um, some code guides, a Airbnb, CSS, SAS style guide, CSS Bliss, uh, that explains, you know, anyway, so yeah, just look through that. If you, if you write any CSS or if you um, dabble or if you want to learn CSS, oh, if you want to learn CSS, go to almostinevitable.com. There are, I have some uh, courses, paid courses for um, learning how to write CSS for Divi, specifically for Divi. Anyways, so there's a lot of really cool things you can learn about this just in terms of style guiding because why is style guiding important? It's actually a way that's, if you stick to a style guide, then your code will be a lot easier to understand and sift through and read, which is very important. You gotta know what's going on in your code. Uh, otherwise, you're gonna get lost, or if you revisit that later on, you're getting lost. Like when I write uh, PHP functions, or if I add jQuery, then I, I I put in I put in a comment just so I know what this part does, why it's doing this, and you know stuff like that. It's, it's very important. So when you're writing child themes or if you're adding Java jQuery files, and yeah, you should probably. So st style guides are very useful. So CSS, a lot of people write very messy CSS, um, and this can sort of sort that out. So it's uh, it's a good resource. Check it out. All right, um, last on the list is a post by this guy it's the website is atomicobject.com and it's by this guy by the name of Mike Sweeten I think I think that's it yeah and it's about it's about a post that that, that sort of explains like really simple rule of thumb things that you can do even if you're not a designer. All right, so the title of this post is, well, I'm not a designer. Five ideas for devs making design, design decisions. And I think it's really cool because sometimes uh, if you're a developer, you might have to do some make some design decisions on your own, um, and if even if you're not a developer and if you're just a designer, just the designer. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not saying designers are anyway. You know what I mean. So um, even if you're the designer, sometimes you run into uh, 
some you, you might need some guidance or you might need some direction sometimes you might get stuck somewhere uh, so yeah there's a lot of reasons why you might need some good simple rule of thumb to help you out in sticky situations and this I think is a very nice list of things that you can do um, number one steel <laughs> now 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 no. doesn't mean that you steal bits and pieces from everywhere and make a make a Frankenstein's monster I said that correctly Frankenstein is the name of the person who created Frankenstein's monster the monster is Frankenstein's monster the monster is not Frankenstein the doctor who put who made Frankenstein's monster is the is Dr. Frankenstein anyways anyways so um steel now when I, when when he says this it's um means like getting inspiration from other like if you have a whole design system get in, get in, get parts from other parts in the design system or if you're actually looking at other people who are doing a similar thing like an existing product or even a totally different now this this is just what I'm adding a totally different product that is doing what you wanted to do you can actually take not the exact same thing but look at how the spacing is done look at what kind of text is done in in sit in in context you know like is you know right so is this a colored button or is this a clear button with a with a border that, that kind of stuff you can check and you can copy or get inspiration from and it's not stealing if it you know just um, getting advice from because that's that that website or that product has already finished that I don't know brainstorming process you know all right um, and another thing, number two, understand that finished is more important than perfect. Yeah, that's right. You gotta finish it. Some people um, are very, like me even, like I don't, I used to have a portfolio website. I don't have a portfolio website anymore. I just have my .com. I have a portfolio domain. Um, I started working on that domain. I've never finished it. So... <laughs> I should finish that shit. Alright, so yeah, finished is more important than perfect. So, yeah, don't worry about it too much. At least get it done and then you can maybe edit it later. Uh, start on paper. This is also very important. It's similar to how I said you gotta have a proof. But if you start this stuff, if you just start directly online or digitally, then sometimes it's it, you, get, you can get stuck and you don't know where to go. And also, um, you might, if you end up making too many changes, it becomes a mess. So it's good to take a step back, look at the, think about the, think about what you want, and do it on paper, and then it will give you some. And this, the way that this guy put it, I really like one part. Um, what he says is, you might well end up with a design that you don't know how to implement. That's okay. Hopefully, you now have more specific questions like. How do I vertically center things in CSS? All right, it's like that, something like that. It's it, yeah, and then he says those problems aren't always easy, but they are well defined, and you can search Stack Overflow for an answer, which is how I work. I get you know, like if the proof, the proof makes sense. Proof is good. I work with the proof, and I know exactly what I want to do. So you have a direction to go into, not look at the canvas and think, what do I do with this button? You know. So yeah, that's a, that's very good advice. So that's why I always say have a proof. Anyways, number four, just try. 
Uh, visual design is a muscle that gets better with exercise is what he's saying, which is very true. So just try it. And if you don't, uh, if you don't know what to do, just get help. And design your designers probably don't have time to provide pixel perfect mockups for every single thing the team builds. But if you make a mockup or implement, yeah, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, this this article is really a good read. I thought I think it's it it covers a lot of very good points. It's very um, it's very helpful. So uh, yeah, so I think we went through some good resources, uh, and I think you should you should go check all those links. So come to almostinevitable.com. Uh, check out the podcast while you're at it. Check out the other tutorials that I have. I have a lot of tutorials, um, and um, also while you're at it. While you're on almostinevitable.com, check out the courses, the CSS courses that I have. And if you think a CSS course might help you, then sign up. Yeah. All right. So I will maybe, I'll probably see you in the next episode, episode number four. Um, that one is we will talk about some pricing. Okay. It's how to price things. And like I said, pricing is something that we can talk about for days and weeks and months we don't there's no specific answer but i do have some <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm probably gonna call out and some assholes who have what i think are showing some very asshole qualities and i, I might get worked up but i probably I, i'll try not to <laughs> all right <laughs> anyway so uh tune in next week to um to to ha hear me uh, talk about uh, pricing. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to go back into the web design process. All right. All right. So I'll, I will see you in the next episode. All right. Have a great week. And um, I, need a, I need a way to sign off. I'm going to come up with a way to sign off. All right. So anyways, have a great week. I'll see you in the next episode. All right. Bye-bye.